Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braddon. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What's up, you Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, babe, what's going on? Oh, man, we were joking off air, but it's true. We've missed you, man. We've missed that joking, juvial self of you. I, oh, I know. <laughs> it's only been a couple days, but it feels like it's been a longer than that. How you I'm doing, back, brother? I'm back, baby. I'm back. <laughs> and, and we got like three Saturdays, and then we got some we got some college football back on our TV. I think I saw something like this last weekend was the last weekend without football because we got preseason coming with the NFL. Yep. You know, it's it's home, man. It's here. And I was just thinking, man, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I, I shed a little tear. I'm driving home today, right? And the sun's going down. You know, it's been hot as hell out here. Oh, yeah. But it finally cooled down a little bit. And it felt – it was – I mean, it was just perfect, brother. It felt like like fall there for a second, you know. I had oh, Vince yeah. Gill playing in the background. <laughs> you know, it was just I, – I was in hog heaven, brother. And I was just thinking – it ain't going to be long. We're going to be eating chili. We're going to be drinking cold beers with the boys. We're going to be watching some football, you know. I mean, it is right here upon us. No, yeah, that's absolutely right, Shane. And speaking of that, I mean, fall camps, there's several that are already opened across the SEC. So we love to hit on all 14 SEC teams if we can, and we come up with a way to do it, Shane. Biggest camp question and this is specifically for me about the roster and the players that'll be competing and trying to earn uh, a role this fall so it's biggest question and then the players that will factor into that decision for each and every team does that make sense yeah it makes perfect sense and I've noticed a couple teams already there Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt uh, who else is already report are they all back now uh, not all of them yet, but because Vanderbilt obviously played week zero, so they were first. Yeah. Florida, because they're opening the season on a Thursday, they a little early. Mizzou, I think those are the three that we actually have already in camp. And essentially, Monday, Tuesday, the rest of the entire SEC is going to be opening fall camp. So football really is yeah. here. Fingers crossed, yeah. nobody gets injured. I mean, that's dude. You know, I'll tell you, did, I, I I was watching the the news and they said, uh, you know, Joe Burrow got carted off, and I was like, damn, you know, you think yeah. about that, it's like you hope your boys don't get hurt. But uh, yeah, camp's upon us. So I just saw some of the videos, and I'm like, wait, is this real footage? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're gonna get to that, Shane. We got a couple of news and notes across the SEC before we get to biggest camp questions. And then a little housekeeping here, Shane, just a little behind the scenes. Nothing about the show is changing at all, but uh, we are going through some maintenance on the back end. That's kind of the the best way for me to explain Mm -hmm. it. And we're going to be daily here for the entire football season starting now. I mean, we, we basically are daily already, but just keep that in mind if the show does not show up in your feed and it should i've been told there there should be no issues but if if it, the podcast is not showing up all you got to do unsubscribe from the show and then just hit that subscribe button it refreshes your feed so just putting it out there if, if you go two or three days and you don't see that sec podcast that's the reason why we're doing a little maintenance on the back end gearing up for the season does that make sense shane yeah, yeah, it makes perfect. That's where I've been all week, Mike. I've been working on these computers and 
getting all my my science stuff out and trying to figure this thing out. But it should be it should be a smooth transition. Uh, you probably won't miss a beat. But just in case, again, if you go a couple of days without us, you know something happened. Yeah, and we've said this before, Shane, but now that football's here, we're getting sponsorships, so we're going to have a bunch of not, – not too many. We're not trying to bombard anybody with ads or anything, but we've said this before. I'll say it again one last time, Shane. We are, uh, we're looking for sponsorships, and we've only got like a spot or two left. But this season, Shane, it's unique. This is kind of what we're doing behind the scenes. But we are going to be able to uh, have localized ads on the show. So maybe you're a, bu- a business in Kentucky, and it doesn't make sense for you to have ads all across the SEC because you just have a Kentucky-based business. We can do ad deals with you and have it only played in the state of Kentucky. We can do that for every state in the country now uh, behind the scenes. So, you know, if you're looking for sponsorship, whether it's regional, national, or just statewide, reach out to us, that SEC podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got, man. I, I feel yeah. – I don't know how if people care about the business stuff, but uh, I got to get that out there. You know what? Yeah, it's like it's like house cleaning notes. You know, you got to do it. The coach is going to come out and he's going to tell you all the stuff you need. That's what this was. We're getting it out there, you know, to keep this thing operational, keep my beer budget going. You know, we got to get a little cheddar, okay? I'm going to wither away. I'll be Michael size before you know it. So, <laughs> but again, just keep an eye on that. And if you got, like I said, like Mike said, a local business, this is pretty cool the way this platform's set up. Yeah, if someone's listening to it in knoxville and you got a knoxville based business yep those listeners are going to listen it now somebody in arkansas may listen to something different you know based yep. on the region that they're at so i think it's a pretty cool setup man absolutely so shane let's get all the business everybody's here yeah. for sec football and i already hit on this while you were away but i don't know if maybe you missed it i just wanted to get your thoughts on it and we have a quick clip here from shane beamer that also discusses it but um i don't know if you saw this shane Week one, of course, we already knew South Carolina and North Carolina, they're playing in Charlotte. It's one of the big games opening weekend, but maybe we didn't realize how big of a game it's going to be, Shane, because ESPN College Game Day picked South Carolina, North Carolina in Charlotte for the first game day of the year. Thoughts on that, Shane? And does that add any, I don't want to say pressure, but uh, you know, it, it certainly adds to the spotlight that South Carolina is going to be under in that nationally televised yeah. spot. Um, just thoughts on, on South Carolina getting the game day treatment right out the gate. Well, I mean, I I think it's awesome, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup. They're going to pit this up. That's what they're all talking about, yeah. the quarterback duel here. We got one guy that should be – Mike has no respect for it, but I do. <laughs> and you got another one that's, you know, crowned the the, the, the jewel of the, of the country – for quarterback play. So I, I think there's a lot at stake here, not just the fact that it's the Carolinas, but the fact you got game day there. I mean, yep. you know, people, South Carolina fans are like, Hey, what about us? What, you know, nobody's yeah. talking about us We're talking about Bama talking about LSU and Tennessee, but what about us, buddy? You got Lee Corso. Well, Lee may not show up, but somebody will be there. You know what I'm saying? He may still be down in Florida, but they're going to have a, a, a hell of a setup there for you, and it's a great kickoff for your season because, again, 
Sometimes people forgot what LSU was. All they kept remembering was that first game against Florida State last year, and that's why they're like, well, Brian's still got some time. I mean, you're coming out of the gate, and you got an opportunity to win a lot of fans over. So I, I think this is a monumental football game. This is getting bigger every day. Right. So let's kick it over to Shane Beamer real quick. Just shared his thoughts on it. Uh, I thought Gamecock fans would really appreciate this. Yeah, no, I think it's a it's a great statement about where we've come. Um, you know, I was just telling somebody earlier today, I mean, two years ago at this time, it was about the same time a national media member made the statement that the ceiling for the 2021 team was two wins. And to go from that where we were picked, whatever we were, sixth or seventh in the SEC East my first season, to now uh, you have college game day coming, two really good teams, the season opener. It's, it makes a great statement about – the progress we've made and some of the things that we've accomplished. So we're certainly proud of that, but we also know that we're nowhere near being where we're going to go. And there's a lot more that we can do in this program and are going to continue to do as we, you know, build this program and, and move it forward. But proud of the strides we've made in two seasons, but I think we're all aware that there's a lot that we can be better at as well. So he's absolutely right. I mean, national spotlight again, it's kind of funny you mentioned LSU because LSU did kind of have a egg on their face in the opener last year, and everybody's saying, remember we put out the graphic SEC 13 and Brian Kelly, you know what I mean? It was yeah. the one loss, but of course they rebounded, but uh, some teams don't rebound from a tough, tough loss, and, and I certainly am not suggesting that'll be the case for South Carolina, but the spread continues to trend in North Carolina's favor for some reason, Shay. They're, they're currently a three-point favorite over the Gamecocks in this matchup. So, uh, man, just an opportunity, certainly, for South Carolina to to announce that the end of last season was not a fluke and they're carrying that momentum exactly. over to this year. You know what? Yeah, I, I think that's the key, man. Just hit the ground running. And there's not a lot of teams out there that are going to have a week one opponent that kind of gives you a gauge of how good or bad they're going to be this year. South Carolina has that one. North, right. Car- I mean, you're saying it right now. They're they're an underdog against North Carolina, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I'm not locking it up yet, but <laughs> I'm looking at you, Gamecocks. <laughs> so, but I'm just saying, it's 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 a pivotal matchup, and the fact game days there is even more special. It's an it's an opportunity to truly show the country how how far along South Carolina has come. Right now, Shane, what's that temperature outside? Do you feel that? It might, it might be hot in a lot of places, but it's freezing down on the plains, baby. Let's get, uh, kick it down to Auburn real quick, Shane, where, again, you know, we don't do a ton of recruiting news here, but this is just, you know, if, if I'm an Auburn fan, they know what's going on down there. But Hugh Freeze oh, yeah. is, is, I mean, it's this is happening quickly, brother. Over the weekend, five-star receiver Perry Thompson from Foley, Alabama, flipped his commitment, Shane, from Alabama – that's kind of the biggest part of this. Flipping from Alabama to Auburn, we need help at receiver at Auburn. And a couple of days prior, Shane, four-star, some some services have him as a five-star athlete, Demarcus Riddick from Clanton, Alabama, flipped from Georgia, the two-time national champion, Shane, flipping from them to Auburn. These are the two highest-rated commits in Auburn's class now and flipped from the key rivals here and – Shane, let's we tr- let's try to we're not trying to get too excited here, but five star defensive back KJ Bolden, he was down at Auburn for the weekend, their big recruiting weekend. They call it Big Cat yep. Weekend. He says 
Auburn's in my top two right now. We're talking arguably the best defensive <laughs> back in the country. So, man, the Hugh Freeze effect, it's already uh, coming out so well for Auburn, don't you think? Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, that Bolden kid may have said something during that live feed Ooh. like hey not yet not not you know don't don't do it this week wait till next <laughs> week or something like that you know so yeah i think this is awesome man because again you don't want one or two good teams we want four or five good teams we want six or seven good teams you right. know auburn's been down there in the basement for so long and they're just not fun to watch they're going to be fun to watch under hugh freeze mm-hmm. and it starts on the recruiting trail i don't think Hugh freeze is going to do it like kelly i don't think he's going to do it like lane kiffin he's going to do it like himself and that is start from the bottom and work his way up with four and five star talent so this is awesome and it's great too because you know you're stealing them from alabama you're stealing them from georgia you're stealing them from two teams that you face every single year you know what i'm saying and and, and i just i think that adds a little bit too you know because he was i mean that that damn auburn page man they were tweeting out everything they were letting everybody know that they're back right they tweeted out something that i did I thought that was pretty funny, but I thought the best reaction of anybody came from you, Cousin Shane. Cousin <laughs> Shane made this little clip from the movie Step Brothers. Of course, if you don't get the reference, I think a lot of you will. Let's kick it over to this little video that Cousin Shane made. It was so funny. Hey, guys. Looks like your free ride's over, huh? fun living on the streets okay cool good chat all right now i apologize if you're just listening you didn't get to see that but shane put hugh freeze on the guy talking and then it was he was talking to nick saban and kirby smart there but oh man yep. I, I i was dying laughing when you made I, that i just i was laughing while i was making it and i was like you know the more i thought about it, i was like do i send this out and mike's like hell yeah send it out it's like 11 o'clock everybody's in bed you know you know what in bed auburn fans thank you <laughs> All right, last little one here, Shane, before we get to the biggest fall camp questions. I don't know if you saw this either, but this was pretty uh, interesting. Just wanted to get your thoughts on it. But uh, Maryland quarterback Talia Tungavaloa, baby Tua we used to call him when he was at Alabama. Now he's at Maryland. He's their starting quarterback. He had a really good year last year, apparently. And according to Aubrey Snyder of The Athletic, she – Met with him at uh, Big Ten Media Day. I guess they got media days up there too. Apparently, though. Oh yeah, probably five. They had that five or at six the Ramada, reports. you know. <laughs> <laughs> they all go over there to O'Charlie's after, you know. <laughs> now I don't know if this is true or not, Shane, but this is what Baby Tua says. He says an SEC team. He won't say who offered him one point five million dollars to jump into that portal and head down there. So. Naturally, I got to ask, who do you think that is that offered Baby Tua, if this is true? Again, I have no idea if it is or not, but Baby Tua, $1.5 million to to transfer to an SEC school. Who do you think that would have been? I'm an idiot, and I want to ask you a quick question. If he transfers now, would he get to play now? Would he get to play this season? No, he's missed the deadline. So, yeah, okay, so – Hmm. Because I want to say Alabama, I think that would be the obvious one. <laughs> back <but> to Bama, <laughs> yeah, back, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like right, bring right. them on back. I, you know, I, I'm sure they could spin that card, but 
But I don't see that, man. A $1.5 million, I'm saying uh, Florida Gators, maybe? Ooh, I think they're too too poor for that, Shane. <laughs> I mean, if you put – I mean, they could promise him. That means yeah, they got to pay yeah. him, right? <laughs> I think there's two, Shane. I think there's two. If, it's, if this was real, I think there's two programs that made that offer to him, and I don't think you got either one of them, Shane. I think it's the freeze factor down there at Auburn. I think they potentially, with their new offense, would have fit what he's trying to do. Or who's the guy that got his brother to come to Alabama? None other than Lane Kiffin, brother, down there at Ole Miss. At Ole Miss, I think so. Can't afford him. I I think so. I I think so because Ole Miss is all in on this NIL, and and from what I understand, Shane, uh, they are as competitive as. Damn near anyone short of Texas A&M, while Florida, I mean, their checks are bouncing down there apparently. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, again, I have no idea. This is just me speculating. But the fact they're bringing in – hell, they brought in two quarterbacks this year. They probably they, – yeah. they couldn't get baby Tua. They probably split up that $1.5 million and said, let's give it to these two quarterbacks. Let's have us three down here. Because I know they pay yeah. Jackson Dart to get down there too. So, um, I, I think – I think Lane Kiffin and company, they're in a win-now mode. They're not you know, they're not looking four or five years down the road. They're trying to well, win I mean, now. Yeah, but even next year, like I, I feel like that's too late for some of these. Like, I, I don't know. The, the ones that I'm thinking about, you know, the mm-hmm. ones that are coming in with the question marks, that's why I mentioned the Florida Gators. Yeah. I, I, you know, they missed out on a couple quarterbacks. You know, look at South Carolina. I don't know if they can afford it, but, you know, this is the last year you've got – uh, again, they've got a deep room, and maybe somebody steps up. But again, that's something that they did. They brought in a prize quarterback, and, and look how well he's been. So I, I would see, hey, the recipe works. Let's keep doing it. So I don't know, man. I I'm very intrigued, but uh, I'm kind of also intrigued that he turned it down. You know? Does that make you think that maybe it's not real? Again, I have no idea if it is or not. Yeah, of course it's not. Who the hell wants to play in Maryland, you know? <laughs> Unless you're a Raven or something, you know? I, I have there's no reason to want to hang out up there. And there's you know, I, I nothing against the kid. I, I wish him the best. But, you know, saying he had a great year at Maryland compared to some of these other guys in the SEC, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Take that baby to him. Yeah. Uh, all right, Shane. Biggest game. You questions. give me thirty dollars, I'll say it again. You know, <laughs> forget that one point five. <laughs> Biggest camp questions across the SEC, Shane, and and the players that will be part of it to solving uh, the concern here that I have for each team. And Shane, I really, really, really did my best because I think it's so easy to sit here and talk quarterbacks because there's. You know, a couple of competitions here across the SEC. But one, I had to go, and it's the very first one because I think it's the biggest glaring issue potentially on a team this fall in the SEC. And that is, of course, Alabama's quarterback competition. They're, they're the only ones I went quarterback here because I didn't want to cheat and just do quarterback for so many others. But Jalen Milrow, of course, started against A&M. I think he had three turnovers in the game. Ty Simpson, redshirt freshman, hear great things about him and his potential. Mm -hmm. And then Tyler Buckner, they brought in after spring, after getting to see what Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson had for an entire spring camp. It's it's alarming, Shane, that they had to bring someone in after spring and they brought someone in that was – I mean, to be 
put it kindly, he was shaky even at Notre Dame. So yeah. um, I, I, think, I don't think there's any way you could do any other position than quarterback for Alabama. No, I, I think that's exactly where you're going to go. And, and I don't know, Mike, there's part of me that, that thinks like, like I get it, man. I, the part of me that, that I guess frustrates me as an Alabama fan is the fact that you did bring somebody like if, if they didn't bring another quarterback in, you know, forget the kid in Notre Dame, but then that would tell me like, Hey, they got a little confidence in, in these two guys, one of them at least. Mm -hmm. But the fact they went out, it's like, ah, you know, when there's smoke, there's usually fire. Right. And the thing also, Shane, I mean, fair or not, I'm not saying the quarterback's got to come in here and throw 40 touchdowns because it sounds like they're going to be relying more on the ground game. But you could be a really good player, but if you lose two games and you don't make the playoff, they're going to hate you down there. Yeah. And they're going to say you're garbage. And they're what the hell, we don't have a first-round picket. I mean, there's a lot to live up to right now if you're an Alabama starting quarterback. And maybe, maybe Ty Simpson, you know who he reminded me of in high school, Shane? It was Johnny Manziel. Yeah. If he's the next Johnny Manziel, they may win the next three national champions. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so we can't write any of these guys off. I'm not sitting here say, saying we should write them off, but it is a huge question mark, and it could be the difference between who wins the SEC and the national championship is is whether Alabama's got a, a truly good quarterback or not. Well, that's the key, Mike. A truly good quarterback is what's going to get them to a national championship. A good quarterback is going to win 10 games. Right. So, I mean, that's that's the kind of program they have there at Alabama. They don't really need a, a Tua. They don't need a Jalen. They, they just need somebody to come in here and manage this thing and not screw it up. Right. You know, I, I think that's that's the key here. And, and so – Maybe we're more worried about the quarterback situation than Nick Saban is. Because when you look at that roster, it's loaded, man. And I think they get back to what they were doing, you know, late, you know, five, ten, six years ago, running the damn ball. Mm-hmm. Something they kind of got away from. They got big they got one of the biggest offensive lines in the country. Yep. I mean, they're stout, they're deep. The running back room is absolutely loaded, you know. So those guys and these receivers, they're going to take pressure off that quarterback. So again, I'm not. I know it's a camp question, but I'm not super worried about it. I, it wouldn't blow my mind if we saw all three of these guys play this year. But I still think they're going to have a successful season. Just let that cake bake, baby. That's what he. Yeah. That's what Nick Saban's doing. Yeah. Right? Carrot cake. <laughs> Who eats carrot cake? You know, I know there's a lot of people. I put that out there, and everybody's like, "I love carrot cake." Like that's your go-to carrot cake. We like rhubarb pie. You know, it's like who who goes out like now don't get me wrong my fat ass is going to eat some carrot cake if it's sitting in front of me but if i've got a list of cakes i'm not going there yeah. all right Shane, how about arkansas biggest camp question for me it's got to be the secondary because you know the offense should be yeah. one of the best in the sec uh we got a new secondary coach he's also the co-defensive coordinator marcus uh woodson completely turned around florida state's passing defense while he was down there uh but Freshman all SEC Quincy McAdoo Shane banged up. He get on you know really unfortunate incident. Got in a car accident. They still have not said whether he's going to uh, play this year or not. But the the expectation at this point in time is just hey, he's got to regain his health off the field more or less. So I don't think we can rely on him. That's a tough blow. 
But we do got Dwight McGlotherin back. He was outstanding. Hudson Card, he's been there for 20 years, feels like. Jaden Johnson. We got Ladarius Bishop, Jalen Lewis, and uh, Malik Chavis. Those guys are all back. But here's where we could turn things around, Shane, with transfers. Jaheim Singletary from Georgia. Lorando Johnson from Baylor. And Singletary, I meant to say, was a five-star. Uh, Al Walcott from Baylor. And Kavion Stewart from TCU. So we got numbers to throw at this at this issue. So yeah. I, I'm kind of confident that Arkansas can turn it around. And as many Arkansas fans have said and could tell you, Shane, ranked absolutely dead last in pass defense last year. So yeah. there's, there's nowhere to go but up, baby. i like it i like it and i think that's a safe bet mike i mean there's a few they got a few man i i want to see how this receiver room straight i mean don't get me wrong we we love kj jefferson we've been on record saying that but still we got a lot of new faces around him how does that room come together but the secondary, yes, that that at times really burnt them last year and and i think the the depth will be a little bit better. I mean, you talked about numbers. Sometimes I think that's what got them later in the season was just injuries, man. Yeah. These guys couldn't stay healthy, and then yep. they got exposed. So um, I, I, it's not so much the ones for me, man. It's the twos that come in. Who can who can sub these guys out? It's something Sam Pittman said to us at media day, Shane. Barry Odom was great, but – a lot of times what they did, you know, they'd play zone and they'd sit back and they'd make you dink and dunk them to death. And yep. now they're going to play a lot more man concept. That's what he was talking about with their defensive coordinator. Going to be Travis aggressive. Williams. Exactly. I so, think I think that's awesome because why? Why let them dink and dunk, man? Be aggressive. Let's, yeah, you may let one or two get over you, but if, you know, you cause a turnover, you, mm-hmm. you, you get the ball back in KJ's hands. I mean, I, I think an aggressive defense where it's at. Right, and don't forget, Shane, 11 new offensive coordinators in the SEC this year, several new starting – about three-quarters of the league's got a new starting quarterback as well. So yeah. it's not to say offense will be – there will be no offense, but I think the defense may have an advantage, particularly early in the season. So that, that's just something to keep your eye on. That's a good point. All right, how about for Auburn, Shane? Could have went a lot of different ways here. <laughs> and, again, I'm just keeping this to the – the players, not the coaching staff or anything like that, but I'm going to receivers because, you know, both lines of scrimmage are a question mark, but running game should be strong if they can get that O-line going. Quarterbacks, another one I could have went with, but you got to have explosive guys, particularly in this scheme. This is the similar scheme to Josh Heupel and Lane Kiffin and, and at Arkansas under Kendall Brown. So this cannot be executed without good receivers and that is something that is kind of lacking at Auburn right now is explosive receivers. They do have a new receivers coach, Shane. I love this guy, Marcus Davis, played at Auburn. Last mm-hmm. year he was at Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern was fourth in the country in passing offense. And then the year prior he was at Hawaii. Hawaii had nearly 4,000 4, passing yards, 21 touchdown receptions. So this guy, wherever he's been the last couple of years – the passing attack has been incredible. So if he can get that translated to Auburn, we're going to be good. And they're another one, Shane, that have brought in all these transfers. Uh, Jair Shorter from North Texas, that's the guy that led the country in yards per catch last year. Mm-hmm. Shane Hooks from Jackson State, lower level, playing for Dion, but he was excellent down there. Caleb Burton from Ohio State, another former touted 
receiver that's waiting for his opportunity, and Nick Mardner from Cincinnati. Those are all transfers coming in. And then we got uh, Javarius Johnson, Cam Brown, Coy Moore, and Jay Fair as guys that are back that were on the team last year. But, you know, it doesn't say much for those guys when you're bringing in four or five receivers via the transfer portal. You, they, have, they had got to make more competition in that room, and they did it via the transfer portal. Yeah. Again, a lot of new faces. A lot of there's going to be. You're going to notice it with Auburn. There's going to be guys that pop week six, week seven. You're like, who the hell's that? And you're looking through your little <laughs> book, trying to trying to figure out where the hell he came from. You know, yep. uh, I think that obviously a lot of questions down there in Auburn, and I think I think receiver room would be an easy one. I, I would like to know the Hunter situation. Is have you heard anything about that? No, not yet. Hugh Freeze wouldn't say anything at media days. So. I mean, that's a little bit of a lingering question. One of the best running backs in the country, <laughs> you know. But other than that, uh, I, I think that's what we're going to get. We're going to get uh, – it's like them old uh, – you know, you'll go to them – after church they have a little potluck and a little bit of this a little bit of that you know not too often you're gonna have like deviled egg and a you know a potato casserole on the same thing with a you know a side of corn on the cob and pigs in the blanket i mean you know what i'm saying it's like you get done and you're just like you're looking at your plate and like individually this makes sense but together it doesn't I think that's what happens with Auburn here, man. And I, you can tell I'm getting kind of hungry here, Mike. <laughs> I think that Auburn's going to find a little bit of this, a little bit of that to work, and it may be from that receiver room. It, hopefully Hunter's going to be there. He can get some production there. Yep. But I'm telling you right now, guys, Hugh Freeze will get some production. Hugh Freeze is going to catch some teams off guard this year mm-hmm. just because he plays with the best that he's got. You know, the best players on that I guarantee you the best players, the best 11, are going to be on the field come Saturday. Yep. All right, how about for Florida, Shane? There's a couple different directions I could have went here as well. But I'm going offensive line. You know, losing four or five starters yeah. up front. Now, here's the thing, Shane. They got 17 scholarship offensive linemen. So they got bodies, and they're all 6'4 to 6'8, 350 to 380 pounds. They got beef up there. I'm not doubting them. They, and they got two offensive line coaches. They're one of, one of the few teams in the SEC with two offensive line coaches, Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton. They knocked it out of the park last year, so I'm not doubting those guys whatsoever. Uh, but one thing we did, at least I missed, Shane, during media days – Uh, That former five-star, Kenyatta Goodwin, who Kentucky landed, and then he Mm -hmm. transferred down here to Florida. His mother apparently has got cancer, so he has left the Florida program. He's not on the team. So I I guess he wants to be closer uh, to his family, understandably. But, again, for a position group that uh, was probably counting on him, that's that's another – question mark again they got 17 scholarship offensive linemen so they're not in a in a desperate state here by any means they do bring back a freshman all-american at left tackle austin barber started five games last year their center's back kingsley uh iguarakun started 26 games the last two years those those are the two guys back with starting experience then they had some transfers shane baylor transfer micah mazuka who he had surgery in in the march and he's still not totally cleared. Alabama transfer, Damian George, likely starter at right tackle. FIU transfer, Lindell Hudson. 
Uh, and they got Cameron Waits too, six foot eight, three hundred sixty-four pounds. But he had surgery recently or during the off season. So catching a theme here, Shane. I mean, we got talent, we got bodies, but guys are banged up. How quickly can this unit gel? Because yeah. I, th- I think, I think they could be good, Shane. They were, they were great last year on the offensive line, but with a new quarterback, with receivers that I I don't think any of them are elite by any stretch and you you got three or four good running backs the whole season kind of to me is going to come down to whether this offensive line can gel and gel quickly because we we got to pave the way for these beasts we got in the backfield yeah I mean ETN Johnson those that's that's your team that's your offense right um were you close of uh picking quarterback I mean (laughs) Well, yeah, I, I know but, you. I know you said that's like so you, you try not to do that because you can do that for a lot of teams here. Mm. But Florida, man, that's that's the one for me that I think. How, like, what's the next level? Like, I know Etienne and, and, and Johnson are going to win some games just by their God gift, you know, their abilities. But yep. there's going to be some of those games, those fifty-fifty games, that may come down to quarterback play. Um, and, and were you? Uh, like close to putting that one as your biggest question mark? No, because uh, the only reason, Shane, is because I think Graham Mertz, while he's not been named the starter, I mean, I th- I think he's 99.9% going to be the starter. So yeah. it, he is a concern to me for sure, but it's not a, it's not a concern who's going to be the starter, if that makes sense. But I, I get where you're going. Uh, and, again, yeah. I, I tried to stay away from the quarterbacks. But I know. It, I it, know. Is a, it is a massive, massive question mark for me. <laughs> well, yeah, when in doubt, just pick them big guys, I guess, you know. So <laughs> Hey, they don't get that, enough love they, anywhere else, you know what? No, and, and they are some big dudes, brother. They are some <laughs> mountains down there. So you just need five good ones though you know what I'm saying good rotation yep. i think that's key and 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 i have faith in that offensive line they did it last year with a bunch of no names they're going to do it this year with a bunch of no names yep. and they're going to make these two running backs look fantastic all right how about georgia shane again i <laughs> this was tough it was tough to come up with a question <laughs> yeah. mark for them bulldogs but i think outside linebacker is the answer shane with uh, nolan smith and robert beal off to the nfl mj sherman transferred to nebraska so uh some inexperience there they do bring back Chaz chambliss who was big last year uh they bring back sophomores marvin jones jalen walker and, and darius smith and how about this shane they signed three for, uh signees they're true freshmen now Gabe Harris, Sam Impabwe, and Damian Wilson, all of them, Shane, all three of those guys, they're outside linebackers, top 100 overall prospects. So we're we're basically sitting here saying, which of these All-Americans will live up to the <laughs> potential first? That's the biggest question for Georgia, and that's why everybody's got Georgia going undefeated and number one in the country. Yeah, I think I think you're onto something, man. We need we need to find that dog, that 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 guy on that side of the ball that's just an absolute terror. Right. That you know that you you kind of have to game plan just for that. I mean, don't get me wrong, Georgia's loaded with five star talent, and there's plenty of guys that you're going to have to game prep for. But there's always that one or two, you know that that takes up, chews up more blocks than they should, that catches mm-hmm. uh, catches one of the offensive linemen off off guard. So yep. who's that guy? Who's the guy that steps up and really just becomes an X factor over there? Right. And, you know, this is a hard thing to gauge, Shane, but Nola Smith is such a leader that 
Yeah. I'm not saying there's going to be leadership issues, but stepping up for arguably the the key leader that you could throw that into a somewhat of a, a question. Even as on well. the offensive side, I mean, say what you want. Bentley was oh shit, Bentley. Where the fuck am I going? Like, bring that one back in. Say what you want, man. The uh, the mailman was was a big piece of that team, not just the offense, not just you know. I mean, right. I I know you've got some leadership coming back, especially on that offensive line, some very vocal guys. But you know, again, in the backfield, what who, does does Beck take up? I mean, how do they how do they do it? What do they do when they're maybe down seven points? You know, it's not saying that's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. I think leadership's uh, also a pivotal piece, but. If anybody can identify it, I know Kirby can. Yep. Well, speaking of offensive line, that's exactly where I'm going for Kentucky, Shane. That's a no-brainer here. And what's interesting about Kentucky, Shane, they bring back a, a ton of guys that started last year. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Horsey, super senior, he played left tackle. He struggled. He Now they're, they're putting him at left guard, which more his natural position. Eli Cox started at center, kind of struggled, shifting him to right guard. Uh, Jeremy Flax was at right tackle for 12 games, inconsistent. Jaeger Burton was an all-SEC freshman team. Now he's moved to center. But here's where I think they'll really shine. They they got left tackle Marquise Cox from Northern Illinois. Tanner Bowles, former uh, Alabama offensive lineman that I believe started a couple games. Cortland Ford from Southern Cal who started at tackle. I think he's going to flip over to right tackle here. Uh, and then Ben Krishman from Ohio State, a touted recruit. So they've got options at Kentucky. It's it's all about getting these pieces in the right position at the right point and seeing how it all comes together because we got to get back to our Kentucky brand of football, O-line U, as it's been down there for a long time under Mark Stoops. If we get that, watch out. Kentucky's going to be one of the most dangerous teams in the country. That's it, brother. That has got to come together. Jail, get five. Keep Leary out off the off his back. You know, I think that's what happened a lot of times with last year with Levis. I mean, hell, he's running for his life. You know, and, yeah. and that's why he's banged up and hurt at the end of the season. There, so you keep him, keep him vertical. Get this running game going again. I think that's something that that this offensive line's eager to get involved. So you do that, brother. Kentucky will be fine. They'll be fine. I, they've got the pieces. They look good on paper. So I don't see, you know, how they can mess this up. So, but it is going to be one of the first things I'm watching when they kick off is like, all right, boys, are we legit this year or not? Right. And to your point, Shane, uh, I think it should be noted. Obviously, people that know Devin Leary's history, he's been banged up before. Yeah. He is a much smaller guy. He's he's an, potentially an elite player. I'm not questioning him, but he's much smaller than Will Levis. And mm-hmm. Will Levis, like you said, I mean, he got mauled last year. So yeah. you cannot let Leary get mauled because potentially he'll get hurt and it, he's, he's unlikely to survive the beating that Will Levis took last year. You exactly. Know yeah. All right. LSU, Shane, I'm going secondary for the second year in a row. They bring in all these transfers <laughs> to try to mix mash the secondary. Uh, we do got uh, Greg Brooks back, fifth-year senior. Major Burns started five games last year at safety. And then other guys we got coming back, Sage Ryan, Latravius Welch, and Matthew Leglos, who he only played one game. But here's where they potentially will shine with all these transfers, Shane. Former five-star Denver Harris from Texas A&M. Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse, freshman All-American. Zai Alexander, Southeast Louisiana, was an FCS All-American. 
J.K. Johnson from Ohio State started five games last year. His high school coach is now the DB coach down there at LSU. And then mm-hmm. Sam Brown, or excuse me, Andre Sam from Marshall. So we're bringing in a, a loaded crop, probably the best crop of transfer defensive backs in the country. And given the what we got to work with in the front seven, I mean, they, their job should be made easier in Baton Rouge. But it's still big question mark, all these pieces – New pieces in a new defense, at least for them. Uh, how do they all fit together? It could dictate how far LSU goes this year. Yeah, and that's what's crazy about the portal. Sometimes sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know. And and I think that's where LSU's at, with the, especially their secondary there. I, I think you could add special teams a little bit, you know. Oh, yeah. That's something that, that really bit them right out of the, right out of the gate last year. <laughs> um, I, I think – uh, who's doing that now? I think Jancic's down there or something. Yeah, the janitor, John, Z- John yeah, Jancic. Yeah, so, I mean, they got a dedicated dude working on that special team. So, <laughs> not saying it's going to be Beamer ball or anything, but <laughs> but it definitely will have a little bit better impact, I think, this year. Yeah. Now, Ole Miss, it was tough for me, Shane. A lot of moving parts there as well. But I went with the receivers because we know yeah. what we got in the backfield with Jenkins. I think Jackson Dart's breakout star. So, I mean, I, I think they'll be good there. They're always solid on the offensive line under Lane Kiffin. We need these receivers to step up with Malik Heath and Jonathan Bingo off to the NFL. We got Jordan Watkins, Dayton Wade, and Michael Trigg back. But where they shine again is the transfer. That's <laughs> Portal King over here, Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Zakai Franklin from UTSA, all-time leading receiver in UTSA history. Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech, over 100 catches, over 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns for Louisiana Tech. And then a tight end from Memphis, Caden Priestcorn, 48 catches, 600 yards, seven touchdowns last season alone. So they got some nice pieces. Can they work mm-hmm. them in this system? And, again, they should have their, their way because defenses are going to be keyed in on Junkins all season long. It's going to be up to these guys to to make a name for themselves to make Ole Miss offense go this year. Yeah, yeah. I think – I'm telling you, I think people are sleeping on Ole Miss. Everybody's – they're just – I don't know. Lane Kiffin, it felt like he took a year off, you know. Everybody <laughs> – nobody likes running game. I love running. I love yeah. – I think Judkins is – I think he's the best in the, in the country, you know, and I think they, they really lean into that. But I do think that this is a two-dimensional team, and it's kind of something they got away from last year. But I think Dart's taking that step forward, and you're right. They just need some contributors on the outside. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to be – I think they're back, man. I think it's going to be an exciting team to watch again. Yep. Another exciting team, Shane, Mississippi State. So much new with the Bulldogs this year. But mm-hmm. specifically at safety, Shane, all three starters gone from last year's team. So that's where I'm going, the safeties. Marcus Banks, former Alabama transfer, he shifted to safety. Corey Ellington – he started a couple of years ago at safety. He's won. Sean Preston is almost certainly to start. So we may have our starters right there, but keep your eye on Shane. Isaac Smith, true freshman, highest rated signee Mississippi State got, safety position. He could slide into a role there as well. And they added a couple of transfers, Kamari Rogers from Miami, Christopher Keys from Indiana, Kobe Albert from Kentucky. Those guys are more corners. But if they need help at safety, I don't know. We could we could see mix mash. Zach Arnett's a mad scientist back here, uh, so <laughs> there's no telling what he'll do with this secondary. But uh, you know, corner safety, losing Forbes, first round pick to the NFL draft. 
the secondary is one to watch for Mississippi State, I think. Mississippi, man, I'll tell you, man, it, I get it. Camp question, safeties, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my, that's not, my camp question, I want to see what this offense looks like, man. I've been, I've been hearing so much about how they're going to open up the playbook. Coming off of last year, I mean, yeah. what does that look like? I think, I think that's kind of my favorite part. If if I'm picking one, is you know, you got one of the best quarterbacks in the country down there, and and I think he gets to cook a little bit this year. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm ready to see how explosive this offense is going to look. Yeah, I know that's not <laughs> like a a group. I guess I can go quarterback receivers. Obviously, we've got some dudes that left, but they got a lot of they got a lot of alphas out there. You know, they'll be fine on the outside. I just think. For me, I—that's the next generation of of college football—is is stretching the field and and going 100 miles an hour. So, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, speaking of cooking, Shane, let Brady cook. Let's go to Mizzou next, where <laughs> you could say quarterback there as well. But I I really do think it's Brady Cook's job to lose. That's something uh, Drink has echoed all off season. So I don't think his jobs are in jeopardy by any means. But for me, Shane could have went running back. Could have went receiver outside of Luther Burden. We got some talent there, but we don't quite know what we got. But I hate to keep repeating myself, Shane. It's got to be the offensive line here. New all offensive line coach. The old one left after spring. It's pretty weird when they do that. Uh, Missouri, Shane, 118th in the country last year in tackles for loss allowed. We've got to get this cleaned up. Drinks offense, even though it's Kirby Moore now, but the Mizzou offense, they – it runs so well when they have a running back going. And they, they didn't have that last year. So, yeah. is that the running backs? Is it the offensive line? I, I think it's more the offensive line. You got Javon Foster back at left tackle. He's your best. You'd rather have your best offensive lineman at left tackle than anywhere. So, they've got that to go with. Uh, bringing in transfers, Cameron Johnson from Houston, who was all uh, conference last year. And his offensive line coach is the guy they hired now. So, it should fit in seamlessly to the starting unit. Marcellus Johnson from Eastern Michigan started four years at tackle. So they've got nice pieces, uh, but and a few others that played last year. Missouri offensive line with this new offense, it's going to be critical that they hit the ground running, particularly with, uh, you know, I don't want to call them cupcakes right out the gate, but they got a couple games. They should beat the hell out of these teams before they get to Kansas State, before they get to LSU. But they ain't going to get there, brother, if that offensive line's not in yeah. gear early. You know what? No, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think you could – you kept going back and forth, and I'm, I'm okay with packaging both of these offensive line and the running backs because yeah. it's all about the running game for me. And I think sometimes that's what got Cook in trouble, you know, is sometimes the game was on his shoulders, and it shouldn't be. It should be a little bit more two-dimensional. And I think I think they get back to that. I think – I, I, I drink – I. Drink's got to get back to it. He's established a lot of running backs. He's put a lot in the league. There's no reason that they can't continue that trend. And and to do that, you're going to have them big uglies up there making holes for you. So let's get back to some running game. And I'm with you here with the offensive line. Now for South Carolina, Shane, could have went in a couple different ways here. Offensive line potentially. Receiver outside of uh, Juice Wells, who's probably the best receiver in the SEC. But I went defensive line chain yeah but we got some guys back Tonka Hemingway Alex Huntley and Jordan Strahan's back from in- injury so we, we got talent but we struggled against the run Shane and I know North Carolina we're all hyping up this quarterback battle but 
maybe not so much the North Carolina game, but at Georgia week three, Mississippi State, who's going to run the ball a lot more. They got two offensive line coaches in, their, uh, in Tennessee the following week. We have got to be stout against the run if we're going to pull some upsets here early in the season. If we're going to come out of that first five-game streak with a winning record, we have got to be better against the run. And that's that's a big question for me. You could throw linebackers kind of in here. They, they got talent there too, but it's a lot of relatively unproven guys, at least at this level. Uh, South Carolina run defense. I'm looking at you, uh, D-line. Got to step up. That That's kind of the biggest question for me right now. Yeah, sometimes you don't realize how bad you need them when you ain't got them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and I think – that's the key with South Carolina is just having some more depth come up, uh, build that roster up. I think they'll be in good shape. Also, the running game. I know I keep going back to offense because I love offense, but, you know, it's it's thin, you know. Juju yeah. can't do it all. So, what does is, what is this room look like? How does it come together? Who's the next – you know, who's, who's the next best South Carolina guy to step up? It's been a while since we've had one of them, dude. So right. uh, that's, I think, got him in trouble a few times last year is making Rattler win all these games. So yep. uh, get that running game going as well. Mm-hmm. Well, the nice thing about running back, Shane, and I'm not trying to discredit that entire position. Here really, we go. Here we go. A lot of you times. You in the NFL. All right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times, Shane, stars come out like right last year. Were we talking Judkins? We didn't even know who no. the hell he was. I mean, these guys can kind of come out of nowhere. And yeah. I'm not saying they got the next Judkins on their roster, but you can find productive guys if everything else around you is working. So maybe South Carolina's got a guy or two like that on their roster that we don't know even his name right now. Could be a household name by the end of the season. You know what? Well, I think it's funny you say that because when I think of South Carolina, that's that's like – my camp question is like, who is the next guy that comes out and becomes just an ultimate game changer? You know, it may be right. in the running back, it may be defensive line, it may, who knows? But I, I, I know that roster's got it, man. And there's something about that team I'm, I'm afraid to gamble on because <laughs> as soon as you count them out, they're going to kick the shit out of you. You know? Yep. All right. How about Tennessee, Shane? There's a couple places, and I we got offensive line for a lot, so I didn't want to go there, even though that is. Maybe yeah, one of the stop biggest. Stop picking on them big boys, Mike. Pick <laughs> someone else. Well, we got to go secondary, right? I mean, yeah. if, if we're going to go a, a step further, if Tennessee's going to make the college football playoff, find a way to upset Georgia, which – calm down, Georgia. I'm saying if. <laughs> big if there. Uh, secondary has got to be a lot stronger with some of the quarterbacks Tennessee's going to face in the SEC this fall. The good news is, Shane, I mean, hell, by God, they bring back – listen to all these names they bring back, Shane. Jalen McCullough, Kamal Haddon. Brandon Turnage, D. Williams, Wesley Walker, Danico Slaughter, Tamarian McDonald, Warren Burrell, Andre Turrentine, Christian Charles, and William Wright. Those are all guys that played last year. They're all back. Gabe Judy Lolly, the transfer from BYU. And then they signed three standout corners, Shane, the top corner from Louisiana, Jordan Matthews, Ricky Gibson from Alabama, who Georgia tried to steal late in that process, and Christian Conyer, number one overall prospect from Kentucky, that Kentucky wanted desperately. They're Vols now. So, I mean, there's no excuse here. They're, they don't got to be locked down Georgia defense over here, but uh, should not have a single South Carolina-level poor performance for this secondary, not with all these options they have to work with. 
Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. And everybody's saying the right stuff. They're saying the right stuff at camp. They're saying the right stuff on the message boards. It's like, how can they be? How couldn't they be better? It's almost like a given. But still, we haven't seen it put together a full season. New, we got new names. But again, I think that's that's the big question mark: is how much better will this defense be? You know, everybody wants to talk about offense on, uh, with the Tennessee Vols, but it's the defense that's going to help you stay in some of these games. It's the defense that may even win a few of these games yep. and uh, or lose. Like you said, South Carolina, that secondary, oh, my gosh, I still have nightmares over that thing. <laughs> so I, do they take that step forward? I think they do, and I just want to see how it comes together and how it looks out there on the field. Right. All right, how about uh, for A&M, Shane? I think it's linebackers. Now, they, they've got two <laughs> solid ones here. Chris Russell played in 12 games last year, 66 tackles. Adrian Cooper played in 11 games, 61 tackles. They got Montrell Harris, a sophomore, played in 12 games, only seven tackles. And that's it. <laughs> now, they, they signed three freshmen that are that are supposed to be really good, Terry and York, Damian Sanford, and Chance Johnson. They also added a transfer from Jackson State, Geronta Davis. But this is probably on, on a roster that is among the best in college football, Shane. It's kind of dangerous how thin they potentially are at linebacker. And I know they don't go linebacker crazy, so I'm not yeah. freaking out. They got the D-line. They got the defensive backs. I mean, if these linebackers emerge or stay healthy, maybe the best defense – I don't know if they're going to be the best in the SEC, but they're going to be in contention if the linebackers play their best football of their career. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. Um, I mean, when you look at a hole on that defense, that's the only spot that kind of glares. Um, you know, but part of me too, I think about Texas A&M, I still have flashes of Devon A-Chain, which they have no mm -hmm. longer. Right. So, who's that dude? Who's who's? They got plenty of running backs. They got plenty of talent. But they don't have a guy, you know, outside them receivers that, that could just take over a game. So, I, I'm kind of curious how that backfield plays out too, brother. Yeah. Well, that's funny you went to running back, Shane, because that's where we're ending this Vanderbilt running back with Ray Davis off to Kentucky – we don't. Ha we got no idea what they got at running back in Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, one guy that emerged in spring, true freshman Cedric Alexander. That's a guy to keep your eye on. Uh, last year they had Patrick Smith, Shane, who they were touting his praises after he ran for 360 yards as a true freshman. He only had 151 last year as a sophomore, so he regressed. Can they get something out of him? They got Chase Gillespie. Diego Benson's another true freshman, and A.J. Newberry. So they got four freshman running backs here, Shane, yeah. at Vanderbilt. And we know what they got in A.J. Swan. We know what they got the receivers. I mean, this Vanderbilt could be the, the sneakiest offense in the <laughs> SEC, but they need a running back to step up. And it's, it's dangerous relying on this many freshmen, particularly in pass production, but Vanderbilt may be forced to do that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that I'm I'm kind of intrigued by this offense, man. A, a healthy Swan, yep. this receiving room. I, I Vanderbilt, it's 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 not two year ago, Vandy. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a different team, and they're a team that's going to be scrappy and is going to be in a lot of dogfights. But yeah, running back, 
obviously you would love to see Ray stick around, but obviously he couldn't. So who's the next guy to step up? And and he, whoever it is will be a huge part of this offense because that's what Lee likes to do. He likes to run the ball. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. So, hey, we went through the entire SEC, and yeah. I'm, I'm just so excited, Shane. All Like I said – all week, I mean, camps are going to be opening all across yeah. the SEC. These coaches are going to be saying stuff. We're going to be scanning every Twitter for injury reports and this and that. And, man, it's it's finally here. You know what, brother? Absolutely. Listeners are like, no more damn list. About, I mean, you know, how many lists is Mike going to come up with? No, it is here. It is right upon us. And, and like you said, we got three teams in camp. Uh, we'll have them all in camp before the week's up. And, and I think that's the best part, brother. It's just real stuff, real football. And, and you're going to you're gonna start getting it, man. You're going to start getting them fall wedding invites. You're ripping up. And you're like, there's no damn way I'm going to that wedding because I'm watching football. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm pumped up. My, my wife, I don't want to say it too loud. She was like, she was like hey, uh, we're going to go to uh, – there's like this ARC thing up in Texas. No, uh, Kentucky. She's like, you know, my dad wants to go see that. I'm like, yeah. I was like, that'd be great. I said, when, when you want to do that? And they're like, we're thinking like the first weekend in September. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You know? I was like, why don't we do it now? Do it next weekend or the weekend after? We can't go in September. College football's going on. That arc will be there. You know? So anyway, I, I I'm definitely going to get up there, but it ain't going to be in September. <laughs> Well, I think that's a perfect place to cut it before you get into trouble. Uh, I appreciate you, brother. It's, it's great having you back. Uh, we miss you, certainly. And yeah. as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you, guys. Go balls. Get it. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.